This afternoon's scripture is from Luke 2, verse 22 to 40. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord for firstborn sons, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the comforter for their suffering, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many, in thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Merry Christmas. Uh, will you pray with me before I begin my message this evening? Father, for whatever reason, uh, tonight you've gathered each of us here before Christmas Day. And so as uh, Simeon and Anna experienced seeing Christ for who he truly was, I pray that you would let us see him for who he truly is, that we might respond in praise that we might respond as they did in declaring who he was and what he wanted to do in our own lives. And so, God, we pray that you would meet us here. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, tonight, I want to talk about new beginnings. Uh, it's kind of that time of year as 2019 comes to a close, and some of you say, thank God. Um, but also a decade comes to an end. We're about to enter to a new year and a new decade. We begin to think about what will be different about next year than this one. What will the next decade of our lives be defined by? How do we begin anew? And before we even get to the end of the year, even Christmas, a lot is about 
new things, new beginnings. Uh, the movies that we all cherish and love and watch this time of year often involve these new beginning experiences. Tonight, um, after service, my wife and I will watch It's a Wonderful Life as we wrap presents. And by we, I mean she. Um, but in the story, George Bailey famously experiences the most stressful moments of his life in the middle of loss, and he just says, I wish I had never been born. And by supernatural intervention, he is given this picture and these scenes of what it would look like if that was true. And then he gets brought back into his reality with a whole new perspective, even before he gets all the new money back that Uncle Billy lost him, right? These new beginnings, it happens in It's a Wonderful Life. It happens in A Christmas Carol. It happens in the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Elf. Well, that's maybe a stretch, but you get where I'm going. And as we are on the eve of Christmas, um, there was just this question that kind of resounded in my head is, what if today was more than Christmas Eve for you? What if it was the eve of a new beginning, just as it was in the first Christmas? What if today was different because you were encountering Christ, not just another holiday to celebrate? What if it was different for you? Because that first Christmas was all about God beginning something new. That in the middle of darkness, in the middle of silence, in came Christ to establish a new history for Israel, but also a new history for the entire world. That a light would break into darkness and darkness would finally not be able to overcome it. That peace on earth could be established and no king could destroy it. That's what the first Christmas was about, because He is the God of new beginnings. And the question for you is, what new beginning are you longing for? Because tomorrow we'll all wake up and open presents, and all of you made your lists, or you saved them in the Amazon cart in hopes that someone might just stumble upon them and get exactly what you want. We wanted a list of these new things that we could open up and enjoy, even though they fade. But we also have a list of new possibilities that we would love to see happen in our life. That we'd love for something new to happen in our careers. We'd love to see something new happen in our marriages or in our kids' lives or in just that relationship that we'd want to change. We have this list of new possibilities. New healing instead of the old same pain and sickness. New hope instead of waking up with the same old depression. An end to fear, believing that all things are possible. And my hope tonight is that you would actually encounter Christ, and like Simeon, and like Anna, you would say, oh, God is doing something new now. God is doing something new. You don't have to wait for the new year, but you can encounter Christ tonight. And so here we have these two testimonies. And inside of these two testimonies, there's two phrases that I think get at the heart of what God was trying to do in Christ that I want you to receive this Christmas as your reality and not just some ancient tale, but for you. And the first, we get Simeon. And the phrase that really jumps out to me when we hear about him is he says he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
which translated literally means the comforter for their suffering. And as I was thinking about this idea of new beginning and comfort in the middle of suffering, I couldn't get Green Day closing time out of my head. I tried. But one of the lyrics is that every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. God, I wanted that song out of my head all week. But what Simeon knew is what you and I also know is that only with something new can come the end of our suffering and our pain and our hurts. And here at this church, over the last year and a half, two years, we've talked a whole lot about healing. Because like Simeon, you and I long to just be healed, to be done with the pain, to be done with the sickness that the doctors can't figure out. But that God would intervene in a supernatural and powerful way. And many of us have asked, does he still want to do it? And that's what Simeon was asking. He was waiting and hoping that God would step in and end their suffering, end their pain. For them, it was right in front of their face. That in oppression, they were experiencing the brokenness of all humanity. And he was tired of it, just like you and I are. We're sick of seeing the wickedness of other people influence our daily lives. We're sick of seeing just the brokenness and the sickness and disease run rampant. And we're saying, God, when are you going to interrupt? And here Simeon gets moved by the Holy Spirit to go into the temple courts. And he sees eight pounds, six ounce infant baby Jesus. And there he knows God is doing something new. That the hope of the end of our suffering has arrived. He doesn't even have to wait for him to grow up. He doesn't have to wait for him to grow up and watch him heal people that experience sickness and illness for decades. He doesn't have to, to wait for him to wake up or to grow up to see the blind receive sight and the lame walk. But he just knows that the promise of God to bring healing has come in Christ. And the reason that we talk about it at our church, because it's not just for Israel, it's for us too. It's for you. And I can't help but wonder if like Simeon tonight, you may not have known why you came, but maybe you came tonight for your own personal healing. See, Mary and Joseph were there because of tradition, for the custom of the law to do what they thought was right. And maybe that's why you're here. It's Christmas Eve. It's tradition. But it says Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit, and that's why he was in the temple courts. Now, we don't get a picture of what it means to be moved by the Spirit. He could have just thought, hey, I, need, I, should, I should probably go there tonight. I should go see and what's going on in the, in the temple. It was a thought or an impulse that hit him. Do you think it's accident that you found yourself here tonight? Not in God's eyes. You may not have been moved by the Holy Spirit or been able to identify it, but you were directed by God here tonight that you would hear that God wants to heal whatever is hurting you now and forevermore, that Christmas might be a gift of not just new presence but new healing, that he wants to do that in your life. He wants to reconcile the relationships with side of your family that have been severed for years, whether you did it or someone else did it. He wants to heal the sickness but no one's been able to explain. 
He wants tomorrow for you to be able to wake up without that same old pain that affects you and distracts you. He can do it, and He could do it tonight. For He is not just the consolation of Israel, the comfort of their suffering. He's the comforter of our suffering. Mary and Joseph didn't know when they were going to offer sacrifices for their purification that their son would grow up to offer himself as a sacrifice for your purification, for you to be washed clean of all of your sin and all the effects of sin forever by the work of the cross. But somehow Simeon did. Because the Holy Spirit can reveal to you tonight what he revealed to Simeon then, that this is the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. You don't have to look any further. The second story that we hear is that of Anna, the prophet, son of Penuel of the tribe of Arendelle, as we've learned from the movie Frozen. A prophet who we hear, just like Simeon, has waited her whole life for the Messiah to come, for the truth that has been promised to be fulfilled. And what, she, what happens next is that she's going around the temple just praising the Lord and making sure that everyone that is there knows that it is this child that will grow up to be the redemption of Jerusalem. And that's the second phrase that, steps, that jumps out in this story, is the redemption of Jerusalem. For her, like many of us, she thought that maybe that meant a change of government is what is needed. That the Roman Empire that had been oppressive, that had been hurting, maybe this Messiah will come and be the king and reestablish Israel so that it can be a blessing to all nations so that no ruling government can oppress us any longer, but that we could be free. She also didn't know that what Christ was going to show is that the deliverance that each of us needed was not a change in political structure but a king that could set us free from the demons that plague us, from the sin that holds us back and harms us, and from the evils that plague our society. That he could be the one that could reconcile races. That he could be the one that could welcome the immigrant and create a community that would do the same. That he would be the one to deliver them from their sins that were actually the cause of their captivity. See, the redemption simply means deliverance, that they could be delivered and set free from everything that plagues us. And that's why at this church, we also talk a lot about freedom, freedom from addictions, freedom from grief, even free from the things that just plague our minds like fear. See, over this last year, if I reflect on my own personal freedom, it's found in anxiety, Anxiety is the gift that I received from my parents, (laughs) and I cultivated a nice habit of it, that if circumstances didn't go exactly as I wanted, I was very good at a tailspin scenario of how things were only going to get worse. But the promise of the Scriptures is that in Christ, I'm not given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, that anxiety and fear would no longer govern every circumstance and situation that I walk in, but that I could be freed from that. And over this year, I find that to actually be true and not just a theological platitude. It doesn't mean that I don't experience the burning nature of anxiety inside of my body 
or the crazy thoughts inside of my head. It's just that they don't rule the decisions that I make going forward. That I finally have an understanding that the king of kings is the king over every circumstance in my life. And no matter what I'm facing, he is stronger and able to overcome and be my redemption. Not just the redemption of Jerusalem. And he can be your redemption too. So what new beginning do you want? What are you longing for that only Christ can satisfy? Because you and I will chase other things to achieve that new beginning. We'll change jobs. We'll leave relationships. We'll leave cities in hopes to start afresh and to start anew. We'll place our hope in children or in marriages or in family relationships finally being healed. We'll place our hope in these things. No matter how many times they let us down or we'll just put our hope in our own pride and our own abilities. And at some point, like Anna, in the midst of her loss, she finally was turning to seek God and to say redemption is found only in one place, God Almighty. What new beginning do you want? Maybe tonight you were hoping that you could come to a traditional Christmas Eve service that would make you feel good before you go home to open your presents tomorrow. And if you didn't tell by the ACDC riff on Joy to the World, (laughs) we're a little bit different here. Because we don't want to just go through the motions of tradition. And I don't want you to go through the motions of another Christmas without Christ. That you might experience the consolation for your suffering. That you might experience the deliverer for your pain and what has held you captive. And that you might be on the eve tonight of a new beginning that you couldn't imagine, but that God has always imagined for you. Israel had no idea the grand master plan that this baby would achieve in his death and resurrection. And you have no idea what God in Christ, by the power of his Holy Spirit, can accomplish in you. So the question is, will you receive it? Because there's nothing that you have to do There's no effort you have to reform to clean yourself up, to make yourself right with God. He's done all of it for you. All you have to do is receive it by saying that this Jesus of Nazareth is the Savior of the world and He is my Savior too. And the promise is the Holy Spirit can come upon you and it says you will be made new in an instant. You will be a new creation, given a new heart given a new mind, and given a new direction. No longer absent and far from God. Your wait can be over. And God can come and interrupt. And He can change your circumstances better than you can. That's our hope for tonight. That's the hope of Christmas. And that's our hope of what you will receive from this service this evening. So let's pray and continue to worship.
Father, we declare you to be a really good dad. That you look beyond the list of things that we want you to do, and you gave us Christ instead, knowing that that was far greater. And so I ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would move each and every person in this room the way you moved in Simeon and Anna to declare fully and finally that there's no more questions, there's no more doubts, but Jesus is Lord. And in so doing, that you would let them find healing and freedom so that there would be a new beginning in their life, just as there was that first Christmas. I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Christmas, a happy new year, and don't leave without enjoying uh, the drinks and the cookies. Feel free to hang around, but for now, we want to send you out with a blessing as a benediction, so please receive this benediction this evening. May you know the joy of Christmas. May you know the love of God in Christ. May he bring you peace where you have pain, and may he bring you healing where you hurt. And may the Spirit begin something new in you, as only His power can do. Go in peace. Amen.